Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy Notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals, just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Vernoy, and today we're joined by Kelly Higdon. She's a marriage and family therapist and half of the dynamic duo over at Zinni Me. They do all sorts of therapist coaching, practice building stuff, and are just kind of amazing people all around. So welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you for having me, and thank you for your kind words. Oh, glad to be here. We're so excited to have you. We are excited also to be collaborating with you. We're excited you're coming to our Therapy Reimagined 2018 conference and we're going to be talking about niche and specialization, which is super exciting. And even just the conversations and the generosity with your time and thoughts about how we can start this hashtag therapy movement has been so wonderful. So it's really exciting to be able to talk with you kind of about your wheelhouse business and and the kind of things that therapists need to know. So Thank you so much for being here. It's going to be a great time in LA. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It's an easy commute for me too. Nice. (laughs) Nice. So uh, if you can just kind of tell us who you are and what you're putting out in the world, and then we'll dive into some, you know, some other types of questions. Yeah. As Kurt was saying, I am in partnership with Miranda Palmer and together we are Zinni Me. We founded the Business School Bootcamp for Therapists. That's our main thing. It's a lifetime membership program for therapists that are starting or growing or retooling their practices. And we also do some coaching on the side and we have a mastermind and been doing it almost, I think we're at eight and a half years or so now. Oh, wow. Yeah. We have it down on our to-do list to plan our 10th anniversary. <laughs> We're going to oh go somewhere goodness. fun and, <laughs> and celebrate. So yeah, I mean, doing courses and kind of going completely virtual has been our focus, especially as we both have moved out of our private practices into just full-time coaching now. That's why we're so excited to have you live and in person. I in know, I'm never in person. <laughs> and my wardrobe shows it. <laughs> I'm going to have to go shopping. So, <laughs> How did you decide to, to do business school boot camp for therapists and the stuff that you're doing with Miranda? How'd that come about? Yeah, I think it came about out of experience. You have to start somewhere with whatever you're doing. And as you do that thing, you learn from it and you evolve. And so we were actually doing other programs prior to boot camp being around. And we really discovered that even people who were financially successful or whatever, however you want to define success, were still missing some 
business blocks that were foundational for them to ever grow another stream of income or if they ever wanted to make a change, the whole thing was going to crumble. So we wanted to really shore up um, the savviness of therapists when it came to business so that they owned their business like a business and understood also like how the business decisions have therapeutic impact. Like they're not separate. They come together. And so out of that boot camp was born and it's evolved over time. When we first did it, it was like a 10 days and now it's a two week kind of live course that repeats twice a year. So yeah, it came out of learning and, and really listening. I mean, we've talked to over thousands of therapists on the phone, literally interviews. And from that, we've learned what our community needs. You mentioned some of the things that therapists were doing, even successful ones that was either getting in their way or they were kind of stuck to, otherwise things would crumble. What kind of things were you seeing that fall under those categories? Well, I think, you know, how we do life is how we do business. And so when we don't, you know, we fully show up in our business as ourselves and our issues show up. So if we've got money blocks, they're going to come up in the business we have insecurities about ourselves are going to come up in the business. And so people avoid certain things. They avoid looking at numbers under the guise of I'm that's, I used to say this, uh, that's why I majored in psychology, not math, but really, <laughs> you know, this lack of confidence and I don't understand numbers. So I'm just not going to deal with that. It'll work itself out. I just need to trust you know, then they, they don't have a plan and they don't understand how the income's working and, and the flow of their practice or, you know, like just taking ownership of the decisions and making decisions, not just based on reactivity or some big emotional response, which our emotions are red flags for us, or they can help guide us, but there's also facts and there's things to look at and patterns that's what actually why therapists I think can be such great business owners is that we are trained to see patterns. We can see them in our businesses as well. And then we make decisions based on those. That's so interesting. Cause I think I, I mean, obviously I think we've all heard that, you know, I became a therapist, you know, I didn't want to have to do math or that kind of stuff. But I think oftentimes when we think about the schooling that we went through, so much of it is like the clinical interventions and that kind of stuff. And there's like, I was talking to a supervision group at one point, you know, just, you know, mentioning the different types of things that go into private practice. And they're like, yeah, that sounds like, like, it's almost like you're a business owner. Like, <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. And I said, it's exactly like being a business yeah. owner. And I've had people say, do you need a business license? You already have your therapist license. And it's like, well, there's two different things. And, and I think it's something where there's a huge mindset shift that can happen that's, or that needs to happen. And, and what do you think are the, the ways that therapists can get their head around being business owners? I think that that is something I have seen change in our time of serving therapists in the past eight years. I will say there's a huge up-leveling, so to speak, of knowledge specific to private practice and being a therapist. And I think a lot of it is just educating from good sources, other people who have those same values, people who value their business like a business, you want to learn from them. Yeah. Oftentimes people come to me. I just had a consult today. Someone said, oh, people are telling me I should do these next steps with my business. 
And I said, well, but are they true business owners or are they just thinking like that this sounds like fun? You know, there's, there's a business mindset that comes from it and you need to learn from other business owners about that. And that can come from many different places, books, masterminds, coaching, consulting. I mean, there's videos, there's so much out there, but having some good sources, I think are important. I think it's also important to have some accountability. It doesn't always have to be paid for in coaching, but having people who are business-minded surrounding you, not just that you're learning from, but that you're being challenged by, I think is also helpful. And start seeing that in order to do the amazing work you want to do, you have to keep the doors open. Yeah. Like they go together, clinical and business go together. You can't separate them. So the sooner you get to see that, oh, this fee enables me to serve more, or when I have a budget, it allows me better training so that I can do even deeper work and be more impactful in people's lives. And you see that it all comes together, the quicker you're going to get there. Even if you don't understand maybe the spreadsheet, you can learn that stuff. But you have to understand that they're one and the same. You know, you need both the business so that you can be a great therapist and being a great therapist to keep the business. On your point about accountability, I've noticed this even throughout my career of I've had big ideas, great ideas, and it really takes having somebody else to really turn to and maybe even push me along and hint at my <laughs> co-host over here, but, uh, yeah, yeah, but push each other. I think that's a, I think that's a fair statement, <laughs> yeah. but I've noticed this trend of therapists or maybe it's a, a relic of therapists where they get comfortable with a, a level of busyness or a level of income or a level of their practice. Is there a balance between, or can you speak to, either continuing to grow or just kind of maintaining depending on where you're at in your career? Yeah, I think that there's huge value in slowing your roll. <laughs> <laughs> like there is a time to grow and there is a time to let things sit. Okay, and I might need to start writing some of this stuff down for <laughs> me. <laughs> I, I think it was last year, Miranda and I, we didn't do Most Awesome Conference anymore. And we didn't do anything new and we took everything off the table. We just did boot camp. We did a little bit of coaching and we just wanted to sit and see like, what are we loving? What are we not loving? What is working? What isn't working? And out of that came my awesome year coaching program. And I find that growth and creativity happens in the spaces, not in the grinding and busyness. So example, someone called me the other day, said, oh my gosh, I opened up my practice. I'm making 150K a year already. What's the next step? And I said, maybe it's just to sit for a minute and appreciate what you've created. Like, why aren't we celebrating? <laughs> why is it always, okay, now, now it's next to the next thing. And look at what you've created. Now, is there something you can refine? Is there something you can simplify? So I, I talk a lot about, you know, what needs to be eliminated, delegated, automated, and then prioritized. The prioritized is the stuff that only you can do. 
And the rest either gets thrown away or given to other people or machines to handle for you. <laughs> and then, then you can grow to the next thing or you may not want to grow. You may want to grow your family. You may want to grow your passport. You may want to grow so many other things and it's not just work. And so that's why I think this whole idea of, well, success is when you have the group practice, when you have these things, you know, you get to define what that is and you get to define the pacing and every single person's life is different. That's why I love private practice is that it can fit into any kind of life. And then the growth from there fits into the vision for your life, your family's life. Thryzer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thryzer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thryzer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thryzer manages the claims end-to-end -end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thryzer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thryzer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. I love that. I think there's so much to be said about finding, you know, slowing your role or finding the pace that you want. You know, I've been thinking about that because I think a lot of people talk about delete, uh, delegate, automate, mm -hmm. you know, prioritize that kind of stuff. And I just had this epiphany that there's another one, which is delay. Because mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's just not the right time. I, I talk to so many people who it's like they have to do everything right now. They have a great idea and they can't wait to do it. And they have to do everything right in this moment. And I think that's a hard thing because it's, you know, I mean, you can call it shiny object syndrome, but sometimes it, it you need to do it now if it's going to happen. And sometimes you can put it off. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, we teach the parking lot method in boot camp. <laughs> so... You have this, this might depend on which parking lot you're looking at because <laughs> have you been in a Trader Joe's parking lot? Like, I hope it's not that method. <laughs> have you seen LAX's parking lots? <laughs> I think, so I take this system where I look at the bigger picture and then I deduce it down into what I'm focusing on for the week. No more than five to seven tasks a week nice. uh, that I do, right? Mm -hmm. And then something comes along and I have an idea and I get really excited <laughs> about it. And I put it in the parking lot and I have a list. And, you know, once a quarter I go through and I look at my projects and then I evaluate that parking lot. And if something has been sitting in the parking lot for years and it no longer excites me, it gets taken to the dump, you know, right. the boneyard, so to speak. Mm -hmm. If it still excites me, but it's still not aligning with what I'm working on right now, okay, it can stay in the parking lot. If it can fit in with the current projects or the goals that I have currently, then I might onboard it into the project zone and start doing some tasks towards it or keeping it in mind and starting leveraging whatever I'm working on into that thing. But I agree with you. I think there is a big value in delay and it takes a lot of humility 
our egos can get really wrapped up in our business. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very scary to not do things last year because, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm going to become irrelevant. I'm not going to stay on top of mind. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all these kinds of funny things. I'm just being honest. Like, yeah, I have those thoughts too. I see people doing cool stuff and I'm like, why didn't I do that? I should, well, I should have done, you know, no, no, my life needed other things and my health needed other things. And so I have to delay. And there is Mm -hmm. a grief in that sometimes, especially when you don't want to. And, you know, I've talked with clients who have had illnesses or deaths or children or things like that that Mm -hmm. get in the way or, and they have to grieve like, okay, my pacing looks different than the person who has different resources and privileges than me. We, that's why comparisonitis just kills us off because yeah. you can't. Everyone's in different places. And I think delaying, if you can learn to do that and to be patient, it's such a gift you're going to give yourself. Yeah. And I think it's so hard with social media and how connected we are on, you know, all those Facebook groups to, to not have comparisonitis. I think there's so often that you see someone else's thing or something else that somebody else is saying. And, and I think there's a comparisonitis that comes up like, oh my gosh, you know, they're doing this amazing thing or, you know, oh, they're, they're growing faster than I am, or they have this other thing going on. But I think it can also mean that that it's sometimes it's hard to get a unique voice because you're so impacted by everybody else's voice. Total like ran, random non sequitur. But I, I think it's something where finding yourself and your pace, your voice, what you want to do, there's a lot of noise. You know, I think there's there's it's so hard to figure out what is mine, what is me, what do I, what what should I be doing right now? Yeah, I think that that's the beauty of creativity. You can be inspired by other people, but there's also like your uniqueness that has to come out. Otherwise we're just plagiarizing. Mm -hmm. And so I do block everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Not like I I don't block, I can't see them. Like I unfollow a lot of people and like, I'm very honest about this. Joe Sanek and I are good friends. For example, do not follow him on social media. Don't want to know what the heck he's doing in business. I mean, we talk sometimes and I'm like, how's business? Oh, great. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. That's fine. And then we move on to family and life and all of that. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't want to be influenced by you. I yeah. want whatever I do to come out of me and mm-hmm. my experiences. And maybe I see someone doing this cool conference and I get inspired, but then I stop there and I move into my heart space of what what's percolating? What are the issues that I'm really great at solving and helping with? And I think that there's good news when people tell me like, oh, there's competition. How do you Mm. feel about... Actually, it tells me that there's a market. And that's all I see it as. It's like, all right, that means that there's a need. Now, where do I fit? What, you know, that whole blue ocean strategy. I was just thinking that. (laughs) Where is it that the sharks are not all like eating and the waters aren't bloody though. We are swimming in the blue ocean. That's just totally unique. And that is how we advance in our therapeutic interventions. That is how we advance and how we do business uniquely as therapists. I think if we want to reduce mental health stigma, we have to increase the access and availability of our services and to stand out. And we need creativity for that. And we need unique voices for that. 
when you lean into that heart space and you're making that decision of following your path, I imagine that there's at least one story, if not more, of times when you didn't do that, where you were chasing everybody else, kind of being influenced by everybody else, that competition that you were speaking of. How did you grow into being able to do that? Because I think for especially a lot of people who are in the early stages of building and developing things who might be more prone to chasing everything, it's easy to say to, okay, go your own way. But how how did you get really comfortable with being able to do that? So maybe this is a very therapist-y response, (laughs) but I see business development like childhood development. You have people who are in an infancy kind of stage. There's a lot of adolescence. They lash out in anger and frustration if something happens. Mm -hmm. And then you have the people who, you know, have matured into adulthood that can parent themselves. And literally, I had to parent myself. And that, it feels kind of silly sometimes, but it's having the boundaries. It's, it's saying like, okay, you're really frustrated. What is that really about? Cause it's not about them. What's going on with you. It's about slowing down and not reacting. It's creating a lot of playtime. If I'm not playing, I'm going to suck wind at business. My best business ideas have come from vacation from like Miranda and I will do spa dates sometimes. That's how um, my awesome year was born. We were at the spa and we were just like, what's working? What's not? How is life going? What isn't working in life? And what do I, we wish we had different with time? And what what do we see this need? And also that's how we did a t-shirt company as well. (laughs) (laughs) You guys have a t-shirt company? Yeah, nothing. Not everything takes off well. Okay, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I do have projects that not everyone knows about that nice. do take off. Um, so I think there's a lot of parenting and growing and, and understanding like, hey, you're, you're an infant in this. Let's see, how do I teach myself to walk? And you get more help there. And then slowly you internalize that parent for yourself and can do that. Does that make sense? Or Yeah, totally. It does make sense. It kind of leads me to another question, because I know you and I both are coaches for people. And so we sometimes are, you know, kind of the surrogate parents or Mm -hmm. business therapists or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that that there's times, because I've also sought coaching and, and, and consulting, and it's, it's something where finding a good match for that, for that person that can help you kind of in parenting yourself as a business owner in the stuff that you that you're really struggling with where you need somebody else there and how do you suggest finding that match because i think oftentimes i've i've had good coaches i've had bad coaches i've had clients that fit really well i've had clients who weren't fitting well but what it's what do you think is the way that you find those people that can help you along that developmental journey i think it's about really knowing what you want to get out of it and when you share that with the person in the consult for example what is their response do they share that with you? Are they able to be honest with you? Mm-hmm. It's hard when people come to me and say, I want to do all these things. And I had a coaching call yesterday and I was, I said, that's great. And it's not time yet. You got to fix some of this other stuff mm-hmm. or we're, you're just going to repeat it in this new thing. So is that person able with love or in a way that you can receive feedback, able to give that to you? And I think knowing your outcome, 
every coach has their different strength or their knowledge base of, you know, what they're really good at. And I kind of pride myself and I could be totally like narcissistic about this maybe, but my, <laughs> I hope, it. my hope is that I am raising up therapists who are open to getting more coaching in other places, mm-hmm. that they become really good coaching clients and that they value it. Not as this will fix me, but this is going to help leverage me. Mm-hmm. And so that they come at it very clear with, okay, this is what I want to get out of it. This is how I see the return. That's what I want. That's what we really try to teach our boot campers so that as they move forward and they, they get into more specialized coaching with other coaches, that they can really come in and say, this is what I want. This is how it's going to make an impact on my business. And this is the return I'm going to get. And then that coach can really say, well, I can help you get there or I can't. I think that's an important distinction because I think oftentimes there's folks who move into the coaching space that don't necessarily either know exactly what they offer or aren't honest about what they actually can do. And so I think being able as a potential coaching client to be able to ask for what you really want or know what you want, you know, especially at different stages in your, your business development that you can really assess who is the right person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honesty is important because you don't feel bad about taking on a client that it's not mm-hmm. a good fit. Like it's the same thing in therapy. Yep. You know, I think there's a lot of integrity about referring out. And that's what I'm excited to talk about too at the conference in terms of niche and specialization that the more bold we get with those things, the better outcomes we have in our practices as well as, yeah, it just is a ripple effect into the therapeutic community. With all the years that you've been coaching and I remembering back my first time hearing you is you were talking at our local therapist chapter association. So (laughs) your business has changed. You've gone from these in-person speaking bootcamp things. You've moved all online. What have you noticed has changed during that time as far as how therapists are doing their businesses? I think therapists are becoming more tech savvy. I think that they are becoming more educated in their marketing and I'm seeing a lot more creativity in that realm, which excites me, especially when it comes to breaking down barriers for in, in society for mental health issues. I'm seeing, yeah, I've seen just a lot more creativity, a lot of people thinking outside of the box and taking a little bit more risk instead of just saying, I take whoever comes to me. There's more integrity, I think, in people saying, no, this is who I am. This is what I do. And this is what I'm dedicated to. This is my purpose. I'm seeing that a lot more. I'm also loving seeing people being more thoughtful about the business side. I We're getting emails from people in school that are already thinking about it. And I'd say nice. eight years ago, that was not as common as it is now. Yeah, I think the the thing that Kurt and I saw when we were talking about the conference and our podcast and that kind of stuff was this creativity and this wanting to do therapy a different way. I mean, that's kind of what therapy reimagined. That's where that kind of came from. And I think that idea of being creative and that kind of stuff is really important. I think it's such a, a cool cool step that we're taking as, as a profession, as a community. And I think that's why we wanted to do kind of how do you ground all this creative, juicy, fun, personal branding, all that stuff in laws and ethics and clinical best practices. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's been, you know, a big push for us. So it's good that you're seeing that as well. Yeah, because 
I mean, the development of psychotherapy didn't just stop at Freud or, you know, all these, <laughs> what if it had? And we have, <laughs> we have a lot more to evolve even from where we are now. Mm-hmm. And especially as technology evolves, I want psychotherapy to be alongside that as well and to be integrating of the culture that we're in. And it takes those of us on the forefront, those of you that are in practices Because in private practice, you have more of that flexibility than someone that is in a government agency or a nonprofit who's dictated by, you know, law, like all these contracts and rules. Yeah. That's the beauty of private practice. While we need all of those different systems globally to provide access for mental health to our communities, I think that private practice is where you can be cutting edge and do it well in a way that can educate others. I'm seeing like new models pop up with research behind it done because of stuff that's happened in private practice. And that's really exciting. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. What do you think really led the change as far as how therapists have been doing their business? Is it more of a consumer-driven, you're friends with Ben Caldwell too, so you're aware of kind of his recognition that therapy in kind of that older model was being rejected or at least not liked by the general public. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's more of a, a public-driven thing, or do you think that it's something where with younger therapists joining the profession that it's a lot more of kind of a youthful movement as far as the people in the profession? I think it's both. I mean, you can't – I don't know how how to wait. <laughs> Percentages <laughs> work. Like. <laughs> I, would just be, I would just be guessing – I find that therapists who've been in practice, you know, 20 plus years that come through boot camp, they love their work. They're solid in how they provide it, but they notice that people can't find them anymore. Or so they're just wanting to increase that access point. And then the younger therapists who are coming in are realizing like their mentors, like what they're being taught by, by more seasoned clinicians, some things aren't jiving and And so they're feeling this itch and they're applying how they interact with other businesses in the world and having therapy fit into that paradigm differently because they have a different experience. So we need both all the generations to come together. I think it's both. What do you think, Kurt? (laughs) I think in classic therapist answers, you've chosen one of the two popular ones, which is both. The other one is it depends. I I think that (laughs) it depends. It does. (laughs) And both. But I I agree. I think that in really working with a lot of the pre-licensed community in the way that I have, that there's, I feel old and I'm only in my mid thirties with some of the stuff that people (laughs) are coming up with. And You know, looking at this being a career that I'm planning on spending several more decades in, that I'm really excited for the future with just some of these ideas that are coming up. Yeah. And surrounding myself with younger therapists who can help to 
push the boundaries of what it means to be in business, what it means to be in business as a therapist and still be responsible to clients. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's both. We need each other. We need that community and we need to be bridging those gaps and having those conversations because each side has something to share and to learn from each other, which is exciting to me. The idea of more people having access to good mental health services excites me. That is where it's at for me, always. That's what's driven me to do this and to help other therapists because we want mental health to be relevant to our culture and for it to be top of mind. And all of you guys are on the forefront of that. And I think, I think even expanding on that, mental health needs to be on, t- good mental health needs yes. to be top of mind. Because I think too often mental health will come to the forefront of the conversation in negative ways and in kind of, I don't know what the right word is, maybe punitive ways. This, this, this happened because of mental illness. This horrible thing occurred because of mental illness. And I think being able to talk about not just how we cure or, or help uh, with mental illness, but how we promote mental health and, and how all of that can happen in a, you know, a therapy session. And it doesn't need to be because somebody's crazy, but it could be that somebody wants a better quality of life or wants to grow in a certain way. I think that that allows for so much more. And I think being able to get more people talking about what's possible in our profession and, and with what we do provide in a positive way is it's just critical for, for us to, to advance. So I'm looking forward to having some of these discussions at the conference and hoping that that kind of creativity is sparked as well as a thoughtful process of how to make this relevant for our clients, our communities, our countries, our, you know, our world. We all hope that you join us at the Therapy Reimagined 2018 conference where you can come and see Kelly and her partner Miranda together in person. One of the rare times that they'll exist in in real life together and (laughs) with us. And we're super excited that they're going to be joining us. And that's going to be here in the Los Angeles area in October of 2018. We have 15 CEUs right over two days. And Until next time, I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Bernoy and Kelly Higdon. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code MODERN gets you two free months. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. 